welcome to Millennial Soul Food Podcast. I'm your host, Keon. Today's episode is on astrology with my guest, Camila Castro. Camila Castro, um, pronouns they, them, a.k.a. the water bearer, is a non-binary queer traditional astrologer from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, who studies the stars through the lens of the ancient peoples. They're also a visual artist, um, IG at water bearer art, that's W-A-T-E-R-B-E-A-R-E-R-A-R-T. <laughs> and food justice slash garden enthusiasts. Camila is interested in many subjects such as dreams, divination, spirituality, yoga, poetry, and science, being a firm believer in queer Black feminist theory. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. What have you been up to during this quarantine, Shana? Garden a lot, and I've been doing my yoga. I've been reading poetry. You know, trying to get the best uh, when I can, but also accepting accepting the sadness and the grief that also comes sometimes. Oh yeah, definitely. Are you growing any kind of food in your garden? Oh yes. Lots of food. This is. I am so happy. Um, Are you prepped for Armageddon? <laughs> I've been. I honestly, I've been on a journey. Um, if we met last year, I would have told you, like pretty much the same that I was preparing for the end of the world. I what? Learn, like what to do in case I needed to grow my own food, for instance. And that's like when I moved from New York to North Carolina, I started like. I joined a gardening collective. Oh, wow. And just last year, we started like a partnership with a local elementary school that has a garden. And um, we started working on the garden. And, well, we just prepped it up to grow food this season. And we're just very happy to. Wow. Yeah. What part of North Carolina are you in? Uh, Main Chapel Hill. North Carolina. Wow, and so you were in New York before then? I was in New York, yes. I was in Long Island, New York. (laughs) Wow, so let's talk about um, your astrology practice. Um, How long have you been practicing astrology? I've been studying astrology for five years, practicing it for about, I'd say, well... It's hard to tell because study is kind of a practice, so I guess the study. Yeah. Um, so you've been studying it for, um, you said five years? Yes, five years. I think I was, yeah, I was 23 when I started studying it. Oh, okay. 28. And what piqued your interest? So I was, interestingly, I was like a skeptic. Um, before for a long time what yeah when i was a teenager i did not like it i did not believe it i actually like despised it a lot and just rejected it with much strength 
But um, when I was in college, I met someone, um, and this friend of mine showed me, well, she asked me, like, okay, what is your sign? And I was like, okay, I'm a Libra. And then she was like, what is your moon sign? I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then she was like, yeah, your moon, and then Venus, Mercury, where those? And I was like, what? (laughs) So she showed me a chart for the first time. And it just, I don't know, it just, it made me, like, it made something in me feel like curiosity. Um, And I'm... I love symbols. Mm-hmm. And I just like felt like a drive to study it after that. Yeah. That's really cool. So you must be someone who lends yourself to like, I guess, like exploring complexity because it sounds like you kind of got a pretty in-depth introduction as far as like someone showing you a whole birth chart. Yeah, yeah. She did have some Scorpio placements. Oh! <laughs> I have Mercury and Mars in Scorpio, so I can't help but do everything with a lot of intensity. Oh, okay. Ooh, Scorpios are shady, girl. <laughs> well, I'm not. Oh. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, do you have any predominant placements? Um, I, I'd say that my most, um, I think that I have a lot of, um, earth in my chart. Yeah. Uh, and I have a lot of fixed signs in my chart, but my rising, uh, the ruler of my rising is in Virgo. And this is the sign when we're talking about signs that's people, which is not something that is really it's more like a modern way of thinking um i feel much more like a virgo than um, anything else honestly oh wow okay and so what do you mean whenever you say fixed sign what is what is that so um there are multiple ways of classifying the the different signs um, uh, we know that they're like divided by elements, for instance. Um, they're also uh, classified by modality. Um, and so, for instance, the signs that come in the start of a season, for, for instance, now is the start of um, spring, mm-hmm. and that's associated with the sign of Aries. Um, so that's, a, that's what we call mobile signs. Oh. Signs start a season. Um, whereas like next month when it's Taurus season, that's more like of a, a part of the season that's more established. You don't see m- many like unpredictable we- weather or changes. Mm-hmm. So those signs are called fixed. Because of it. Um, oh, okay. And then at the end of a season, we have what we call double body signs they're called double body because they manifest um signs of like the season before and also the the next season so they they have everything they manifest everything oh so what are some of those signs they sound interesting so those are the (laughs) virgos the gemini's the sagittarius and the pisces oh okay now whatever um (laughs) 
<laughs> That's what's up, then. So, um, what type of astrology do you study? Like, I know that people, I've heard people talk about, like, sidereal, tropical, and all these other kinds, but um, what specific school do you study and, like, why or practice? So, um, what the, the sidereal versus uh, the, the tropical, that's a way to use the zodiac. So, the, the, the tropical pretty much means that um, you start the zodiac at zero degrees Aries. For sidereal charts, you would start a, you you would use a point that's a fixed star. Um, that is, I don't remember exactly what degree of Aries, but it's further down the line. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's that's the difference. It's just the difference of like what um, zodiacal systems you're using, but um, there are other types of. of astrology and those are like modern astrology traditional astrology vedic astrology um i do i do traditional astrology oh okay then so can you tell us a little bit more about um that do you still like adhere to like like you know mercury retrogrades and all that kind of stuff or (laughs) yeah we we still pay pay attention to those things not as much as uh, modern astrologers um but yeah, we definitely do um, think about those things. But I think the the main difference between traditional and, and modern astrology is that in modern astrology, uh, when you look at a chart, you you kind of use those symbols to interpret someone's psyche. Mm. Um, but in traditional astrology, you will look at a person's charts and identify um, external things in that person's life. For instance, oh, okay. career, a person's relationship with money, uh, with their kids or with their partners or in their so- social circles, you know, like other things outside of, of your own psyche, you know. Oh, okay. So you're saying like more of well, today is focused on like personality and like inner psyche and stuff, but this is more ex how external influences, I guess, growth and development. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So we look at like things such as sex, for instance, is whether you're born during the day or the night, so we can tell oh. planets are gonna be like most advantageous advantageous or the plants that are going to be more destructive or more like a challenge in your life oh wow okay and so then um what do you i want to ask you what do you think about horoscopes i know a lot of people have different opinions honest i don't really um read horoscopes or anything like that but um you know, I feel like it's kind of a little bit more complex, but I just wanted to get your opinion on that. Um, I think that it's, I have not seen a piece of technology that will um, do horoscopes in, in like a way that is like, I don't know, verifiable or believable. Um, I think that there transits are something that we can look at. We can look at the sky and we can kind of 
infer um, with like what what is the moon doing that day? What is going to happen in like like a collective way? And if we look at a chart and apply it to that, then we're going to have more of a subjective um, interpretation of that. But horoscopes, um, I just I don't I don't give them that much credibility. <laughs> yeah, I definitely feel like. Um... I don't think people should definitely adhere to them, you know, and like find, I guess, like, don't believe that they're like super deterministic or predicting like a lot, like, you know, exactly everything or whatever. Or, you know, you don't want to be like a self-fulfilling prophecy. But I do believe in like, you know, people channeling messages for the collective. So I kind of like like to look at it like that if I read like a longer kind of... um horoscope that is more about like some of the outer planets and how they might affect um like humanity although i have heard some astrologers say that they don't think that that it doesn't really work like that well i was saying that um i think i also believe in like uh, being open to receiving messages where whatever way they come uh, through to you in life um i just think that horoscopes just because, can you hear me? Yeah. Just because they are based off of the sun signs, um, I don't think that will fit for everyone because not, the sun is not always the most um, predominant uh, planet or important planet in some part. It could be it could be someone's like it could represent someone's parents or someone's partner rather than that person. And the, the person might not even identify with the, the, the sign that the sun is under. True. So my case, I don't really identify with Libra. And when I looked at my chart, I, I noticed that the sun was not only not me, I, was, I am Venus. Um, the sun was like representing my father. So, and that makes a lot of sense that <laughs> I, I do see Libra in my father. Oh, wow. Yeah. Huh. Very interesting. Um, so then you're saying that I have heard like a lot of people actually say that um, the moon sign is kind of more important because it is uh, it talks more about your like unconscious dynamics and your internal self. Um, I for for people who were born at night. In some cases, yeah, the, the moon is going to be uh, more important than the sun. But honestly, the most important planet will always be the ruler of the rising sign or any planet in the first house, but mostly the ruler of the rising sign. So if you're what are, what is your rising sign? Aquarius. <laughs> so you're a Saturn. Oh, this is, your, this is the planet that represents you. And Saturn rules the signs of Capricorn, Aquarius, and also Libra by exaltation. Wow, so that means I have six Saturn placements. Um, you, I think you have a bunch of other planets in, in, in Capricorn too, right? Yeah, I have, well, my moon is in Capricorn, um, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune... Um, and then, yeah, Sun is in Capricorn. Mm-hmm. And then so Rising Aquarius, yeah. 
yeah so that's about like four four wow saturn that's that's oof (laughs) it's hard it's hard oh my god you don't think saturn and you think oh lovely this Um, is why i go to sleep at eight every night (laughs) (laughs) got a lot of responsibility child so then what about you you said that you um are your libra is sun but you don't identify as um much with that yeah, I'm a Venus, and Venus also rules the sign of Libra and rules also Taurus and is exalted in Pisces. And my Venus is in Virgo. Uh, my Venus is actually, because it is exalted in Pisces, um, the sign that opposes si- Pisces is like the furthest away from Venus's exaltation. So this is like actually Venus's depression. Um the, the interesting Damn. thing about this displacement in my chart is that this depression has manifested a lot as me, like, having significant, like, falls, trips and falls. I've fallen, like, from rocks while hiking. I've fallen, I've fallen from a hammock. I've, like, sprained my ankles multiple times. I, I fell when I, was, I moved to New York. What? Um, yeah, so sometimes that happens literally. The, the the condition it translates literally into someone's life oh and so i've heard about some zodiac signs representing like different um body parts so does that kind of like i guess that's kind of akin to that maybe um so the the there's like a picture online if you google zodiac man uh it's gonna show you exactly what signs represent um, each part of the body. And then as far as planets goes, there that's a different list of, like, what parts of um, the body the planets rule. Mm-hmm. So then let's talk about um, Saturn's return. I know that um, we have happened to line up very interestingly because um, I think um, Saturn just went into Aquarius and I just, uh, I, my Saturn's in Capricorn. So I just kind of like left my Saturn's return, which was, um, yeah, it was interesting. My, I entered my Saturn's return whenever Trump got elected. So, um, and that year I also had two car accidents and just, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually just started my Saturn return now because um i am a saturn and aquarius and i actually have saturn at zero degrees aquarius um so this is like literally i'm on my saturn return maybe for the people who don't know about it let's like explain a little bit right every um well you mean the explain the saturn return oh yeah so every celestial body has like um their own cycle and return. So the most easy to observe is the cycle of the moon, right? Because the moon is the close, closest heavenly body, and we can tell because like she's full of light, and then she's not. Mm-hmm. So I love the moon. So the moon has a cycle of twenty nine days through the zodiac, and then the other planets such as Mercury, Venus, um, the Sun, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn have their own um, cycle. And Saturn is the longest cycle. Saturn takes about 
29 years to go to, through all the signs. So um, this is a planet that represents all matters of time. So it's really connected with like not so fun things like maturity, responsibility, um, thinking about, you know, foundations, structures. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the Saturn returns, that's that's what comes up. And for some people, for instance, people who are born at night, you experience a harder time. Um, with their Saturn returns, just because this is like considered a malefic planet, um, and it's also a diurnal planet, so he's even more destructive at night. Wow! Oh, thank goodness I wasn't born at night. Were you born at night? I was. Yes. <gasps> oh, you are. You ushered in the Corona. <laughs> you brought the motherfucking corona. I understand. <laughs> no, we don't I need wish. to. <laughs> Your generation. You know, it was the rich people that got this here. Oh, right. They was traveling everywhere, spread it everywhere. Wow. So then, um, this is a very interesting Saturn's return to be in. Um, do you feel like there are any kinds of, um, generational things that you've learned from your sat that from what you know about Saturn's return that you would have for other people who are going through a Saturn's return? Um, I think that it's important to, to, um, like make space for all that is, it's like a big transition and it's not always comfortable. And it's especially now, um, it, it's something that is kind of going on for everyone because it's just so the, the planetary alignments of, um, early this year, um, and just the rest of 2020 is just like lots of like heavy, intense, serious transits going on. Oh my God. The so Saturn Pluto like, conjunction. Yeah, that happened back in January, and it was a big thing that astrologers had been talking about for quite some time. And a lot of people who were already like predicting crisis, right? A lot of people were like predicting at least an economic crisis because you know the Earth sign, um, and, and just a, a, a hard time like Saturn Pluto. They don't bring fun things. They the their their encounters bring brought like World War One. Um, there was the AIDS epi- epidemic, nine eleven. All of that um, happened under um, um, Saturn Pluto conjunction. Saturn Pluto, not always conjunction. I think not nine eleven was an opposition. Um, still. Um, they're just like the, the, the heaviest planets. So mm-hmm. they, they, they not bring great things, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I feel like at least because this is a collective thing, I feel maybe a little bit better about this. Cause I'm, I don't feel like alone. <laughs> yeah. Not like the pressure's all on y'all, but I think definitely this is just everything that's happening is something that we can learn from and also um how to take responsibility for the ways that we use technology and interact with the environment you know as we i guess um rethink what 
human progress is. Oh, completely. And that was a very sad and Aquarius statement that you just made. (laughs) (laughs) But then I'm like, I want to stay in the quarantine, though, because I don't like people, but... is all about the the creating of this structure, right? Um, whereas Saturn in, in Aquarius, Aquarius is an air sign. It's not an, an earth sign. Um, so this is a Saturn that is actually thinking about Aquarian things, and this is one of the humane signs. So this is a, a, a sign that actually thinks about the collective, right? It opposes Leo, this, the sign that... that you know, talks about, like, those (laughs) personalities that are very hard to miss, right, Leo? And Aquarius is, like, the denial of that and and the the focus on the collective. So this is a great time for us to to think about these structures that have been created and and are they serving us? Mm, The military, like... We don't literally don't even have enough hospital hospitals for the sick. So I don't know. It's like we we it's kind of like society was expecting some kind of like huge war to happen, but then actually um, it happened because we were didn't really have good public health regulations and you know market regulations and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I think it is very interesting, but also of course all the responsibility isn't on the Saturn and Aquarius people. But also there's like um is it like 54 year old people they have a like second Saturn's return or something like that? Yes. Um, so your second Saturn return happens around between uh, mid to late 15. Oof, that crisis. <laughs> it, <laughs> and it is another transition. If you're lucky enough, you're going to go through three Saturn's return in, the, in, the, in this life. I don't and know if I want to go through three, John. <laughs> I'm trying to do my I'm trying to do my shit and leave, man. Not anytime soon, but <laughs> shit. The way shit is going now, I'm like, man, let me peace out and not I ain't trying to come back. I'm trying to I'm trying to go see the Lord Jesus. I'm trying to go see Yeah, you already know. I'm just, I'm not uh uh-uh. uh. So I don't know about no third, but watch me be here still. Um, also, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, I saw in our show notes, um, are predictions useful or anxiety inducing? What do you feel about that? So predictions are my favorite part about astrology, just because you can make them. And I find that fascinating. So this is absolutely the most fun and most magical part of astrology for me. However, I do understand um, traditional astrology um, tends to be a bit more um, serious, right? Um, And sometimes, you know, predictions aren't always good. Mm -hmm. So so sometimes it's... um, it, it gets to be like almost like an ethical um, debate between astrologers. Like, should we 
give bad news and what is the point of giving some news some news and and what is their place in it and being that person um so i understand when people come to me and ask for just a natal reading and no predictions because i i if anything i want you to be fascinated and and find it like as useful as i do i don't want to i don't want to cause like harm mm-hmm. by using this you know and everybody has yeah, free will so exactly you know there's a we we will show you the conditions right um we'll we won't like tell you which actions you're going to take we're just going to tell you what might pop up what kind of challenges may pop mm-hmm. up in the near future you know and then how you handle them it's just, it's up to you you know for me i don't know it just works that way for me because i just feel like this thing is kind of lifted off right um there is reason and there is like resonance Do you get it? Yeah, so I feel like with um I guess it's kind of like your understanding conditions where like it's not really saying that something's going to happen, but it's kind of saying like, I mean, I like whenever I hear about transits where it's like, don't make investments or something like that. Or, um, or like, for instance, like, um, someone has a certain kind of birth chart where it's like later in life, watch out for being too frivolous and, um, not investing because you have a proclivity to, like, not, I don't want to say financial ruin, but, you know, um, financial, difficulties. financial difficulties. So I feel like it's more of like a 2020 vision thing. And then, I mean, a lot of astrology astrology um, has predicted like broader social patterns, but I don't think it's anything that's like doom and gloom, but it's kind of a way to um, like contextualize things and see how stuff fits together and how to best prepare and like move move on because i feel like if we had if the government if the government 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 had paid attention to astrology and you know social science public health and stuff like that we i mean the virus probably wouldn't have even happened because we would be kind of like more in alignment you know with and we wouldn't you know all these just there's a lot that goes into the um the coronavirus because i know it happened like through that wet market in china apparently or something like that but also it's like we like have created the conditions where a lot of people that don't make enough money to where they have to sell stuff on like you know in, in a legal market in those conditions so i mean this virus isn't like everybody's it's like everybody's fault kind of you know yeah not everybody's fault but it's like it's not like we can just be like, well, Chinese, because it's kind of like, oh, no. yeah, like no. we literally all our clothes are made by like in every, a lot of our products are made in China, and it's kind of like you know they literally have to like make money somehow, and we've kind of like imposed this kind of economic structure on them. That's just my like, that's me going on a rant about it, <laughs> but. It was, I think it was bound to like collapse sort of, but it's just interesting that it's a virus. And I feel like this is very like, 
Uh, do you feel like this is kind of like Uranus and Taurus stuff too? I don't know. Well, the the economy crashing, yeah, classic Uranus and Taurus. Um, but the the virus, the, the disease, it, it has a lot of like Saturnian feel to it because Saturn is a golden dry consequences. So, um, there's that, but I don't know. I've, I've heard different theories about, um, the virus itself because like, I think the date, um, it actually mutated into humans like around November, 2019. And, uh, yeah, I, for instance, my, my, my first teacher actually think this was, uh, was, uh, a Venus and Jupiter conjunction because uh, virus, the etymology of viruses actually comes from the word venom and Venus. So, um, and Jupiter is like expansive, right? So she thinks that that conjunction actually created the, the set setup symbolized the mutation of the. Of wow. The and of course, Saturn and Pluto conjunction was kind of symbolized the spread of the virus to the rest of the of the globe. Damn! Uh, it, was just, it was just it was controlled in China until January, and after that, we were like everyone was like, "Oh shit, it's everywhere." Mm-hmm. We're, we're that interconnected. It's twenty twenty, after all. Seriously. Oh my God. Wow. Um, tell us, uh, tell me about your services. Like, um, so what do you offer in terms of, um, consultations? Um, I offer chart readings, um, needle chart readings and predictions. Okay. Yeah. And you can, uh, email me, uh, my Instagram has my email, but I'll just say it again. Uh, um, Whatabearfortune at gmail.com. All right, then. So I will be sure to put that in the show notes. And thank you so much for coming by. Well, for coming by, coming through in the electronic virtual zone of the quarantine. (laughs) (laughs) We're all in it. It's so beautiful. Thank you.